You're listening to the Inspired Legacy Podcast on the Edify Podcast Network. This is episode 81. Put God first. Hey guys, it's Mark, your host and founder of the Inspired Legacy. As always, this is the show that equips and inspires you to leave a godly legacy. And once again, guys, it's been a little bit. I had to take a break just because of life, work, and uh, family uh, got in the way, in a good way, not in a bad way, but in a good way. And truth be told, when uh, when push comes to shove, this podcast often, uh, as of late, needs to take a backseat. But it is what it is. I'm glad to be back. And I've got a fun guest today. My guest today is uh, Cody Bobay. And uh, just real quick about Cody. You know, after serving six years active duty in the United States Navy, uh, he spent seven years in the corporate wellness uh, space until 2016 when he left the corporate world and began to speak at men's events and conferences about the topic of his first book to men titled SoulCon Challenge. And as many of you know, SoulCon eventually grew to become one of the fastest growing men's movements in the world. And in 2018, Cody had the vision to create film productions focused on Old Testament warriors. Fast forward to today, Cody serves as the founder and CEO of Giborum Studios, where he's been able to make his vision a reality. To date, Giborum has produced their first short film. It's titled Hold the Pass. That's Hold the Pass. It's available on Amazon Prime as well as the um, Giborum app. Um, but it's based on Shamgar, which is a very brief, it's not even a story. He's just briefly mentioned in Judges 3, verse 31. And they've got future projects in the works right now, which are set to release at some point in the future. But in today's conversation with Cody, he shares a little bit about his past, his faith journey, how he came to find Christ. But we really zero in on this concept of masculinity and what it means to be a man, uh, what it what masculinity means and what it doesn't mean. And I just think in our world today, it's so laser focused on trying to redefine what it means to be a masculine man. And we see a huge percentage of men ignorantly embracing what Cody refers to as fake masculinity and out of fake masculinity, or in other words, masculinity without God, that is where you find the heart of what we see so often and what so many people have really termed quote unquote toxic masculinity. Okay. It comes out of that fake masculinity. And so we spend a a good amount of time talking about this guys. There's a lot of good stuff packed into this episode. I'm excited for you guys to dial in and hear from the one and only Cody Bobay. Cody, welcome to the show, brother. Hey, Mark, I'm glad to be here, man. Thank you for having me. I'm excited, and again, thank you for your time. I know you are a busy dude, and we're going to talk about all the things that you've got going on in life, but first, before we get going, for those guys listening uh, who may not know who you are, let's go back to the beginning. Uh, Give us your dad bio, what you've got going on at home. Yeah, yeah. Well, first off, uh, honored to meet every listener and excited for your time, Any, any opportunity I ever have to talk about how Jesus has transformed my life and really the equipping of that with, with any man that's listening. 
I honor that time. Um, time's a fascinating thing throughout all of eternity. We are here together and you're listening to this podcast. So I, I believe the Lord has something for each one of you in this, and I'm excited to be a part of that. Uh, really my dad bio, uh, man, I got married 15 and a half years ago. And, um, uh, I thought I was going to have four to five kids. And, and, uh, then I had a boy, then I had a girl and then I got two vasectomies. So, <laughs> uh, I tapped out twice and I realized that, man, people say it's a, a you, you want a quiver full of arrows. And I tell them that I am a sniper in the kingdom. I only need two. <laughs> That's good. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so kids and, and parenting is way harder than I ever thought it would be. It is absolutely fulfilling. Uh, it is, there's a lot of fascinating parallels to, um, the discipline of this life. Once it's like marriage, once you think you understand your wife, uh, the season changes again and, and you, you have to continually learn her and you learn how to parent. And once you figure out how to potty train them, you're successful, then they get a different type of attitude and you go through <laughs> the different phases and it's, it's really difficult. But my kids now, um, if you're watching this on video, I have a picture behind me of them. Beautiful uh, kids. My, my, thank you so much. My daughter is eight and my son is 10. So I'm honored um, that the Lord would allow me to, to raise them. But I also am humbled because I realized, Mark, that I don't have a lot of patience. I have what God gives me, but some, some kids, I, uh, some people I see that have a large family. Um, I just realized that God gave them more patience than he gave me. Uh, so that, that is my, <laughs> my dad bio. Uh, well, again, your kids are beautiful and such critical ages, man. Your, your daughter's at that age. I'm guessing where you're still kind of her hero, but your son is creeping into that age where pretty soon dad's not going to be quite as cool Dad maybe yep. won't know quite as much as he thinks you know right now. So uh, it's uh, fortunate that you are such a well-equipped man in terms of um, you know kingdom mindset, because so many guys are you know in that parenting stage where their kids are very uh, malleable, and dad just doesn't doesn't fully grasp the magnitude of his role. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, man, it's, uh, it's one, I, I, uh, I'm just like every guy out there that's, that's listening to this. We, we struggle. The, the, uh, the chase of our career is incredible. I, I is. love chasing and, um, that's how we're wired. Have, it's how we're wired. And, uh, man, we, we, we have to channel that and understand that chase. Um, there's no more important chase that we could have than, um, I, have a, I have a guest bed in my house. It was W.A. Criswell's um, bed, the last bed he slept on. My my wife's grandmother was his secretary for like 55 years. He was the pastor of First, First Baptist Dallas. Um, you know, that's where Billy Graham would attend when he was in town. And W.A. Criswell had this amazing, massive ministry, huge church, huge church. It's where my wife and I got married, First Baptist downtown Dallas. And I have that bed as a reminder of this guy did all these things, but lost the respect of his kids and lost the, he, he, he forgot the most important thing that he's supposed to do. And that's take care and make disciples inside of your house. So it is, uh, it, there's warfare for it. There's struggle Our flesh struggles with it because we, we love to chase externally and to chase new things. But I am, 
I am in that fight for sure. I, I do not succeed every day with it, but I long-term plan. I am winning more than I'm losing. It's all you can ask for, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's super hard. It's yeah. super hard. Yeah. So uh, I, I love it. Um, lo- learning a lot on that and, and we'll share t- more in the podcast as well of the, the spiritual warfare that comes with raising up kids that are, that, that, that aren't just, um, uh, I say this, I, I wrote this in my first book to men, soul con challenge, the American Christian with, if you see the video with the, the quotations around it, uh, the, the, the compartmentalized Christian we're, we're, out, we're raising kids to be the, the Gadite men that joined David, the, the Bible says that they had, they, they were men of valor and they had faces like lions and they attacked with ferocity on the hills with swords and spears. And I want my kids, I want my family to be that type of people for King Jesus, that we, we serve with ferocity for his name, that we are people of valor. And man, it's really hard when you're talking about eight-year-olds and 10-year-olds. We live in Utah and um, I am clearly not Mormon, but uh, in, in Utah, it is a privileged state and, and you're, we're warring with entitled mentalities, all these really frustrating things. As, as you know, Mark, it's, it's just really, it's a difficult time, but um, I have a philosophy. I, I don't complain. Complaining is really annoying. I teach my kids that mm-hmm. um, uh, every man needs to hear that complaining is annoying. It gets you nowhere. Yeah. Um, well, and it sets, we sets an example. They, your kids see you complain, and that establishes sort of a mentality of complaining in their hearts too. Yep. Yeah. So we have to be um, people, not the, ignore the negative, but see the negative and either ignore it um, based on what it is. I mean, we can't be ignorant to the negative, but we ignore it based on what it is, or we problem solve to find the opportunity inside of the negative and, and lean into the suffering if that is God's planned for us. And, and in that suffering, we, we find ourselves laughing in the face of pain. I'm sure like Paul and Silas did. I'm just for the record. I love reading about Paul. I wouldn't have liked to be friends with Paul. (laughs) I don't think any guy would like to be friends with Paul. Yeah. He was (laughs) Uh, brutally honest, (laughs) brutally honest. And then the Joker would just start singing as they're contorted and in prison. And he then the, the walls fall and it's time to go. And it's like, sweet, let's run. And he's like, no, we're going to stay because I'm going to lead this jailer to the Lord. And I know he's going to start a church from that point and see his whole family come to the Lord. So yeah, it's, I, it's learning to see through the kingdom lens. So I'm learning that as parents. And that is such a key, uh, a key lesson to, to look at parented through the lens of, of faith. And I have of late, um, more than than at any point in my parenthood journey felt this almost a sense of panic in the how critically important it is now to set my kids up to be able to live life with that veracity to stand up against the current of culture or they're going to get swept away and i just i again going back to that sense of panic i I sometimes question like have i done a good enough job right sure and so it's just goes back to that how important it is for us as men, leaders in the home, to equip ourselves. We got to be able to lead ourselves well first before we can even think about leading our families well. That's why I'm so excited about, you know, what you've done and what you're doing with um, Solcon and now Gaborum. And I just, this whole idea of biblical masculinity, 
it gets me fired up. And so I'm excited yeah, to have you on and kind of dive into this stuff a little bit more. Thank you. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited. Um, so it's funny when we <laughs> just kind of clue the listeners and watchers in on this, we had a kind of a mix up on our calendars and we both thought this was tomorrow, but our, our calendars were telling us it was today. And so we're just kind of rolling with this and I don't have as many questions lined up as I thought. So, um, I'm kind of, uh, leaning on the Lord here to kind of guide us. So guys who, again, who maybe aren't familiar with your story, you yep. spent time in the Navy. Yes. T- take us through your faith journey. Have you always been a Christian? Have you always felt this, this, uh, call? At what point did you find the Lord? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I joined the military when I was 18. I served six years active duty as a United States Naval Air Crewman and uh, went through the process. I was not a believer when I came into the military. Spent the, um, really at the age of 13, I fell into the partying lifestyle really heavy. Mm. And I learned that alcohol can numb your brain. It's It can give you a high, but it's, it's a numbing effect. And I, I think every I think that's the the thing that's enticing about sin. It, it, it's um, it's that it numbs you from the pain of this life, and that the it's fun. It's really fun for a moment, and you right. see that with King Solomon talking about that. And any guy that comes and tells me um, that uh, <clears throat> you know I love my wife so much, and having sex inside of the marriage covenant is one of my favorite things on this planet. I'm so thankful. Um, but if any guy tells me they're not tempted by sex outside of that sex, that pornography shows them sex with high women, with, with the party and culture, you, you're lying to yourself. It is a temptation. It, 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 um, it, Jesus himself was tempted, but he didn't sin. So to pretend like you're not tempted is the fastest path to destruction. You can find yourself as, as a man. So, so don't, Come on, man. Don't BS a BS or like all of us, man. We're, I'm so fed up with it, Mark. I'm so fed up with it in my life of men trying to pretend like they're not tempted by sin. Um, so let's just get that off the table. I, I lived that lifestyle. I did not know Jesus. I uh, March, uh, the weekend of March 21st, 22nd of 2004, I found myself in Panama City partying spring break. 18 years old, active duty in the military, going through all of my training and just hit rock bottom. We did everything you could think of partying, came back. And I thought I was going to get in really big trouble in the military. I was kind of hoping I would get in trouble. So maybe set me out of the the pattern I was on, Mm. but I was able to lie and got, got out of it. And it was a Tuesday afternoon. I had a Bible in my barracks room and I got on my knees and I opened the Bible. I don't know what page it was on. I didn't know anything. I didn't know the Bible had an Old Testament and a New Testament. Like that's how I opened the Bible. I get on my knees and I say, God, if you are real, the only thing I'm good at is picking a fight. Like the only thing I'm good at is like I'm a loud mouth. I'll give you everything that I have. If you're real, I'm in. And it was instantly I experienced the presence of the Holy Spirit. Now, now I'm, I'm, I am an unchurched human. I don't know what that is is like right. i don't know what just happened other than i encountered god and it changed everything so from that point i had a, a crotch rocket i w- was at naval air station pensacola so i just like the top gun i can't wait for the next top gun gun to finally come out i hope i'm still alive on this earth by the time it releases <laughs> uh, but you know i'd race my friends who were fighter pilots i was an air crewman so i rode in the back of big planes but we, we'd go and 
I just saw a church. I didn't know any theology. I didn't know denominations. I just saw a church. I had a cross. I went there the next weekend. They had baptisms and I, I got baptized, invited about 35, 40 of my friends. Eight of them got saved there. And then from that moment forward, uh, man, my, my, I just fell in love with Jesus and I, I grew a disgust for fake masculinity. Mm. Um, so I would go, I, I, the, I get baptized, show up, I'm meeting these people. They're so awesome. I'm 18 years old military. They're, they're in a military town. They have outreach. I'm meeting these people doing these things. And, and then they have a, um, wild at heart sign up. Sweet. I'm going to do it. It's a men's study. Awesome. And uh, I praise God for John Eldridge and his work. Mm-hmm. And, and I go to Wild at Heart. And the, the curriculum is amazing. The book is amazing. Well, I'm looking at these guys eye to eye, Mark, and I'm saying, okay, what about masturbation? What, what, I'm, I'm living in Pensacola, Florida. It's spring break. And I just went from that lifestyle. I want to honor God. Like I, I understand I don't have sex till I get married. But I mean, that's the top thing, thing I'm thinking about as a man um, at that point. Um, at that, that location not, too. Yeah. Right. I yeah. mean, it's just, it, it's just, so I'm asking guys and they're telling me answers, Mark, that were, I was, I was uh, perplexed. I still am perplexed by it. It was just an uncomfortable conversation and every guy needs to hear this discipleship. If you're doing it properly, it's messy and uncomfortable. Uh, it breaks the script of the black and white text of the Bible. I'd say about 80% of the time you get questions to come up to where you're discipling somebody and you're like, man, I know what God's word says, but how do I walk through this with this guy? How do I love him through this? How do I help him and empower him? It's really messy and it's really hard. I just got, I I got so fed up, Mark, of of guys telling me that um, things that weren't true. So I got so frustrated. I just took the Bible and I looked at it and I'm like, well, it's a book. Uh, I'm just going to read it cover to cover. So in about four months, I read the Bible cover to cover. And I realized some things where guys would tell me things, answers like, yeah, don't spill your seed on the ground. That's sinful. And I remember I was like, what? How's that your answer? And then I read the context. I'm like, that doesn't even make sense what you're saying. Um, So I I read the Bible, Mark, and I got so um, captivated by the art of God's word. It's so living and powerful. But I mean, there's, when I got to the book of Joshua, I'll never forget it. I sat there and I was like, that's cooler than Gladiator. All these movies that were during this time, Gladiator, Troy, like what? Joshua was absolutely a monster. And God, God's not ashamed of those stories. And they're gruesome. It was the first time I felt, um, I felt like masculinity was a gift given to me and it wasn't something I should be ashamed of. Mm. Um, it was, it really, at that moment, it, uh, changed my life. Jesus trans- transformed me. His word, when I realized the storytelling in his word, that every every word is telling a long-term story of this, um, this need for a savior that we have in our soul. And I saw that. I saw the storytelling. I saw the battles. And I, I would just, I'm a, I'm a guy that m- maybe I'll read a, a paragraph and meditate on it for 10 minutes, but I want to feel it. I want to read it. And it was at that moment that I had a vision um, where the, I, I saw the Lord call me into what, thankfully, what I'm doing now. But I, I saw the vision of me creating films based on these Old Testament warriors. And the vision was very clear. 
Um, I, I saw myself on a movie set with my arms crossed and I was talking to another guy. I didn't know at that point that I would be called to acting with it. Um, but I saw it and then I saw an old Testament, um, a theme park, like the size of Walt Disney world built on these old Testament warriors and the, the, how captivating God's word is. So it was at that point, I knew my entire destiny changed, but, uh, one of the hardest things for any guy out there, uh, Psalm, I believe it's 105 verse four. It's in Psalm 105, where it says that God tested Joseph until it was time for his dreams to come to pass. And God will give you a dream. He gives you visions, but then he's going to test you until it's time for those dreams to come to pass. And I was 18 years old when I was have when I had that vision, I am 36 and I'm seeing that vision come to pass. And he tested me, tested me through my six years active duty in the military through getting out and taking, knowing that I was called to speak to one of, one of my frustrations was how we could compartmentalize Christianity so effectively. And, and in the military, Mark, you don't get away with stuff of, um, that you can get away with in a lot of Christian church, small groups. You go to a small group and you can get away with just like lying and pretending in the military, it, your, your chain of command calls you out on that. They, they'd have no time to waste with you pretending like you're actually doing the training. You've got to be excellent in the training. You've got to be putting in the work and they'll call you out because they know eventually you're going to get called into the, the fight and you've got to be ready for it. Well, I, I think my, my frustration as I'm going through life and I'm going from the corporate world or from the military, uh, then I do corporate wellness. I had a, a just passion in my heart to see people understand the, uh, the magnificence of the human body, to understand, man, like stewarding our, our body is such a privilege. So I, I did that in corporate wellness and through that time, I authored three books and I, I really focused my, my, my efforts and my heart to writing to men. And I, I got one of my, it was, uh, I read a research study that was released in 2006. I probably read it in 2008. I think it was by uh, Purdue university, the lead research lead researcher on it. His name is Ken Ferraro. Um, and he said that America is becoming a feeding ground for gluttony and obesity. And the Christian church is the problem. Mm, yeah. And, and I learned very fast, the worst cuss word you can say inside of the church, especially to men is the F word. And if you say fat to men, they get so offended, Mark, <laughs> they get so offended <laughs> where if I'm talking and we're talking science on the human body, I'm going to say subcutaneous fat. I'm going to say visceral fat. I'm going to talk about body fat. You need a certain percentage of fat. Fat in itself is stored energy that you're not using in the moment. And I started to realize, Hey, we're, we're, we're going, we're getting together and we're especially in the South. Um, I, I lived at a time in Oklahoma where I was stationed in the military. A plane was too big to land on uh, aircraft carriers. So I'd go to these small groups and, and they would talk about college football for 55 minutes. And then they just perform gluttony. Just it's all about eating and talking about football. And then we'd have like 10 minutes of intense talk about the Lord and nobody had any time to be real. And, and honestly, uh, for every listener, I want you to understand men don't ever feel ever the ability to be open and vulnerable in a group full of men and women. 
you have to have groups in your life, just men. We speak a different language. There's respect that we need to have for women. Right. Um, I, I love my wife. I love my daughter. I talk to men different. I talk to my son and parent my son different than I do my daughter. Um, so I just, I, I just got birthed inside of me this, this, uh, this passion. It was a gift from the Lord to see men long for an existence that's not survival to get to heaven and complacency. I, I just, I, I long for men to experience every single day that if they die today, um, they knew they die with a heart of honor, knowing they exhausted it all, not in perfection, but in a, a commitment to excellence in every area. And, and man, our body is a great representation. One of the guys that I got, have two of my certifications from in, in health and fitness, his name's Dr. Kenneth Cooper. He is the guy that made the word aerobics. Um, uh, and he, he told me, he said, when you see somebody physically, and this guy, he's a believer, uh, uh, around the world today, more than anybody that's ever walked the face of the earth based on medicine, he has more life changes for health and wellness than anybody that's ever walked on the face of the earth, this guy does. Um, and he said, he just speaks facts. He's like, you know, he said, the Christian church doesn't want to hear the data. And he said, when you see somebody physically, it's a manifestation of what they believe about their life spiritually. Mm. And it's easy to argue with me, right, Mark, or, or, or you, but if you're that guy that's been that level of research, he doesn't care about your feelings in the moment. He's going to tell you the data. He's going to tell you the research. He's going to tell you what he's seen. And you deal with the facts how you want to. And, and as believers in Jesus Christ, we have to be aware of the facts. We have to know the truth, but not be ignorant to the facts. And we have to learn how the truth can drive us through some of the data. We have to change biomarkers inside of us. We have to, you know, we have to be aware if, if your marriage is struggling where mine was when I was at year seven of my marriage and um, I was having an affair with work. I was, I, 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 I haven't, I struggle with, um, I love the chase of work. I yeah, love it. As I, many men do. Yes. And it can become a harlot like none other. And, uh, we have to be so careful. So I, I realized that I had, I have to assess the facts and know that the truth can drive me beyond and, and, and work the impossible in any situation. Um, but you can't be ignorant to the facts. And I've just found that men were being ignorant to the facts mm. and the facts that they're, if you're watching porn, um, multiple times a week, you're addicted to it. Yeah. And like, let's just look at the, let's look at the facts. Let's, if, if you are morbidly obese or in the obese category, let's look at the facts. The only person that can change that is you. If you're a grown man listening to this, you have to face yourself in the mirror and use the power and strength that God has given you. You have, you have to change it. Right. And he will, he gives you that power to walk in that. If you're, if you're not discipling your kids, if you're not loving your wife like Christ loved the, loved the church, you have to assess the data. You have to look at the facts and know that the truth will empower you to conquer those things. So I, I could just go on. Um, I'll, I'll hand it over to you just for some thoughts and we can continue. That's, that's, where, that's how I got saved. And that's the passion to launch me into the arena that, that I'm in. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. 
Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. You just unpacked a lot of stuff there. Uh, I want to go back. <laughs> I want to go back, which is good. Just why you're that's why you're here. Uh, I want to go back to uh, you. You breezed right by it, but I want to go back to this idea of fake masculinity. I think there are yeah. so many misconceptions out there around what masculinity is, and when you throw out the word biblical masculinity, a lot of times you get raised eyebrows like they've never heard the term before. So, give me your definition of what fake masculinity is, because I think we see a lot of it today. Yeah. You know, it's really, it's so it's, it's a complexity. Um, I'm, I'm parenting. I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to invite my 10 and a half year old son into a journey when he's 12 that I'm, I'm breaking down the curriculum for, I'm going to do this whole year program with him. That's awesome. I'm actually going to, yeah, yeah. So just, uh, I understand he has to get invited into a very complex thought process. Cause if you look at my son right now, he's a monster physically, He's really a smart kid, has tons of charisma. But if you ask him about masculinity, he'll flex his biceps. And, you know, like, <laughs> it's really funny. It's like, dang, oh, that's cute, kid. Um, but men and myself, I can be just as confused by masculinity. And, and it's really, it's any gift from God. I need guys to hear this. Any gift that God has given you, I don't think will fully be comprehended until you get to heaven. It's a journey to understand masculinity is a gift. And it's a gift from God that you continually learn in. And there's nobody that embodied it better throughout all scripture than Jesus. And so, so in, in that, I want to continue in that the fake masculinity is masculinity without Jesus, the King. So if Jesus isn't the King of the masculinity, it's fake. Uh, Look at these guys that, that work and man, you're, you're a guy like Jeff Bezos and you've conquered the, the enterprise of e-commerce and you're there. And, and then you get a divorce with your wife. That's a, that's a disaster. And then you, you're, you want to know what to do with your time. So you're going to go and spend millions and millions of dollars to have 11 minutes in the outer space. And, and you're confused by what it is to be a man in the existence on this earth masculinity without Jesus, the King is fake masculinity. So what can we all fall into? It's masculinity that thinks our looks define us, that our strength defines us, that our career defines us. If, if I look at you and say, Hey man, so we're having a conversation. We're just getting to know each other. And your biggest thing you're waiting to tell me is how successful you are with your career. That's fake masculinity. I, Mark, you know this. I mean, I, I've been around and spoke on stages. Mark, you've been with a lot of incredible people on this podcast. Um, people that have successful careers, honestly, like that, that's not something that impresses me. Right. I want to know what your wife says about you. I want to know what your kids say about you. And, and, and I, I want to know, are, are you loving them well? Because that's the stuff that gets celebrated in throughout all eternity. It's not how much money you made. It's not how many cars you drive. So I think there's a really big understanding. And I say this with as much grace grabbing the men's face mask, face, fake masculinity. It is a form of your flesh attacking the spirit of God inside of you. Mm. And, and I deal with it. I deal with it. 
Yeah, I don't think anybody, hard. I don't think any of us ever get to a point where, we, where we're not going to deal with it. It's a constant battle. Amen. You just it's have to be aware. It's a constant battle. Yeah. You have to be aware that this is, this is coming against me. What is biblical masculinity? It's only masculinity focused on Jesus, the king of your soul, the king of your life. He's the Lord and savior of who you are. And, and, and don't forget, like, <laughs> don't forget for one second, demons tremble in the presence of Jesus. He is, he is the one who wept knowing that the resurrection was going to come to Lazarus, but he wept in the moment with his friends and, and he knew he was God. He's also the one that stood before Joshua and said, take your sandals off the ground that you're standing on is holy to one of the greatest warriors the Bible has ever seen. He is and was and always will be. And he is the source of, of uh, I have so many words I want to pick, but he is <laughs> the ultimate warrior. He's the, he's the commander of the Lord of hosts, um, the, the, the host of the Lord armies. He's, he is the epitome of that. So for men, what we understand is that is masculinity. And, 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 and he's the guy that, that went home and built whips to go flip the, the tables in the temple. Right. Uh, he's also the guy that said, turn the other cheek. And, and it's a, it's a, and that <laughs> takes strength. And, that's strength. Wow. It's strength. I, I listened to Jocko Willink talk about that, talk about fighting and the strength Jocko has and his intensity, but he has the strength to understand he's not there to, to pick a fight with the guy next to him, even though he knows he can finish most fights. He, he's not out there to do it. And that the strength is understanding that you aren't here to pick a physical fight with anybody. Yeah. I actually just heard him talk about that recently. It might've been a, an older clip, but he was literally saying when you're in that situation where, you know, things are about to go down, what do you do? And his response was turn and run. Yeah. 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 It's so awesome. So I, I listened to that podcast when he talked about that with echo and so magnificent. Cause you're like, wait a second, because fake masculinity says you grab him by the neck and right. beat his face into the take cement. him down like, show him what kind of a man you are yeah yes and and man the the meekness of christ for us to understand the meekness of christ but he's also he is he is god so he he also is the god that was there to give david the power to completely dominate his enemies he empowered David to do incredible things. And even when David failed and he had a catastrophe with Bathsheba and his best friend, Uriah's um, wife, one of his closest friends, uh, Uriah, his wife, Bathsheba, God sends Nathan and God looks at him and says, hey, I would have given you more. You took what you couldn't have. I would have given you more. I mean, like, that's we have a God that's so generous and so good but we can't comprehend it. So I think for every guy listening, if fake masculinity is something we war with constantly, our, our culture raps about and sings about. Um, and, and the, the, the song throughout all of heaven that the mightiest angels sing is a story and a song of Jesus, the King. And, and that masculinity is something for us to embody and lead from. But man, it's like solving the Rubik's cube every morning and it, it always changes. <laughs> it's really, it takes the power and the mind of Christ in us. 
Hundred percent, and I think that masculinity wouldn't get such a bad rap if so many guys wouldn't latch on to this idea of fake masculinity because that's where the toxic masculinity comes from. Is yep. is the fake masculinity? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's really it's an obstacle we have to get over. But just because it's difficult and complex doesn't mean we act like cowards and we we, we stand back from it. Right. We have to lean into it. So with your uh, passion around. Uh, health and fitness um, is that kind of where Soulcon uh, came? Is that how Soulcon came to be? Because guys listening, <clears throat> if you don't, if you're not familiar with Soulcon, it's it's probably one of the, if not the biggest, men's movement, unless at least in the the digital realm that I'm aware of. Yeah. So is that yeah is that kind of the the foundation of that? Is that where that came from? Yeah, yeah, it is. So I. When, when I was, um, when, when the Lord made it clear that I'm supposed to write and, and communicate via writing, um, I am not an author. I'm a communicator. I understood to communicate a message to the heart of men during that phase of my life. And maybe later on in my life, I'm not sure, uh, was to write a few books to them. And I started writing the book in a conversation because I realized in the military, when we'd go through really hard training together, it was always physical that we were doing. It was always physical. Like you're going through training, even if it's in the classroom and you're doing something, you like can't fall asleep. You can't sit down and you have to be perfect posture. You're doing something. It's the physical awareness, the physical bearing that you have to keep. And then you're outside running, doing an obstacle course or doing swimming. And it's, it's always physical, but physical wasn't the goal. Physical was um, the barrier to entry to develop a mind and emotions and a will that could endure through challenges and become excellent. Mm. Well, I, I just started to realize that uh, there was just a lack of understanding on how to steward the, the, the human body. And I realized in, thank God I had the, the wisdom given to me from the Lord that I, uh, I never want to write a book to women ever. Uh, men speak a different language. We're very simple in our approach, but it, you can't, um, you, you can't, uh, you, there's no, I don't know another way to say it. you can't BS a BSer. I mean, we're all professional BSers. So uh, you, you, if you come in soft or talk to me, like I am a sissy, I, I'm not, I am a man that loves I love my wife. I'm tempted. I go to gyms and I pray and I work out, but hot girls in yoga pants and crop tops tempt me constantly. And, you know, I, I don't, don't talk to me like I'm a goody two shoes. I am not, I love Jesus. And I am, I'm man, I, I suck without Jesus. And some days <laughs> I suck even with Jesus and I'll do the fundamentals and I still fall flat on my face. Um, but I wrote this book and in this book with Soulcon Challenge, where really the whole Soulcon movement and that community grew from was me writing a challenge, using the body as a tool to open guys' minds to the complexity of their soul, the mind, will, and emotions, the, the suke, the, the, the psychological state of who we are, and then the spiritual strength of who we are. So in the book, there's a, I write the first book as the authority, the second part of that book, Soulcon Challenge. It's a fictional experience and there's daily challenges. It's a six week program to say, what if God's kingdom had a special forces group? Would you be willing to go through the testing to do it? And then I wanted to make it practical. There's a, there's a practical hell week inside of it. There's a day where you fast from 
food, you get water, um, and you get black coffee, uh, which praise God for black coffee and water. Uh, but you know, I just wanted to induce suffering inside of everyday normal life, no matter what type of profession you have. And I found that it's when you're going through suffering, relationships are forged. They're not formed. They're forged in those times. The worst experiences I've had in the military, one of them was SEER school, survival, evasion, resistance, escape, not SEAL school. I was not a Navy SEAL. It's SEER school. They, they break you down and you get so cold and you end up like in your underwear and you're naked and it's so, you're spooning with another man to stay warm. <laughs> it's you're, you're starved and you're getting tortured at the end. But the, the, my partner, the guy that I was spooning with, and it was terrible. We were so cold, shivering. It was um, December, three hours outside of San Diego in the desert. Our canteens were freezing. We were so cold. He's still my friend to this day. We have such a bond of like, when you have to survive, you're going to do whatever it takes. And, and we, we got tortured together. Uh, we, we went through that training, but it's, sometimes it's the most difficult training that, that forges uh, relationships. I can, I haven't seen him in 10 years. I promise I see him. I'll give him a big hug. We'll like, I love, I love him that it was, it was forged inside of us. So I realized most men need a forging of souls yeah. and you have to do that through difficult times. Yeah. Well, that's why you so see I, men who are in foxholes together in combat remain friends for, you know, the rest of their lives, the rest of their lives. Yeah. So, so that's, yeah, that's it. So th- th- I, I wrote that and then I said, Hey, you know, at that point I was traveling, speaking at men's conferences, men's events, anywhere from, you know, 3,500 men to, I'd, I'd travel across the country to speak to 10 men that showed up and whatever the audience I was, I was there and I was, I did that for a career and I realized, Hey, I'm speaking to these men, but there's no digital way to stay connected. And we just figured out a way to do that to where then you can forge that um, once you forge the bond, you develop the relationship, you get to know them, you live in community. So that's why now through the Gaborum app, it's, it, it is um, it, the largest outside of social media, outside of like Facebook. Facebook is the biggest one outside of Facebook. We are the largest digital community for men, Christian men on the planet. And there's a, it's a social media function. You go in, create a profile, message guys, add friends do all those things. And it's, it's protected from outside, um, algorithms, marketing approaches. It's, it is our app. And, um, I, I think that's crucial. So that's what pushed me into writing SoulCon challenge. And then the sequel SoulCon warrior elite. Right on, man. Well, they're powerful tools and we're going to be sure to link you, to the books and the app, uh, in the show notes of this episode. Cause guys, if you are looking for a, a tool, practical, a practical tool to apply to your life. I think I would highly recommend uh, the books and the app and the community that exists there for sure. So you, let's get into Gaborum because I'm fascinated with what you are doing there and th- this idea of bringing some of these Old Testament story stories and warriors to life, telling stories of the Bible that in ways that have not been told before. So needed and, and it's exciting as a guy. It's exciting. So walk us through that. How, did you ever picture yourself being an actor, first of all? Because that's not your natural hair color, is it? <laughs> it is not. No, it, my natural hair color is blonde, like really surfer blonde. Uh, yeah, so I, I actually, when it's really interesting, when the Lord called me to act, I was 33 years old. And I always thought actors were sissies, and I would talk about it. Um, 
And, and, and now I've learned it's an incredible art and fighting on film is it's some of the most athletic humans. It's really a difficult art, but I was ignorant that I was making those statements and the Lord called me to, and my family to accomplish that next journey of our lives. And what was was your initial thought when you felt God speaking to you about acting Were you like, yeah, I'm all in. Or were you just like, what? No way. So here's here's the thing. This is what I found with the Lord. It's like he does Jedi mind tricks to you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when when it's from him, you're like, yeah, oh yeah, I could totally do that. And it was it was so weird. It was like instantly confidence. And like when he told me to do it, it was just instant confidence and passion to accomplish it. And I have never, ever, I love movies. I've never watched a movie and be like, yeah, I want to act ever. It was just never, and it was in that moment. I knew I was supposed to do it and I was excited to do it. That's awesome. Uh, which, which is super, it, it's only the Lord. Uh, so yeah, so we, we, um, my, my family, we answered the call and it was a huge journey of faith. I want to get into every detail, but I mean, we, we didn't know the steps before it, we were doing it. It was, uh, we put our house on the market in Oklahoma. We did not know where we were moving to set up film. And we literally put our house on the market, had no idea where we were going next. And it was really stressful. It was really good. It was a journey of faith. And then the Lord calls us to Utah to start um, Gaborum Studios. And, and we go through the process to say, okay, let's, let's, let's do this. I get one of the best, in my opinion, screenwriters to direct with us and, and write the, the screenplays. And I started talking to people because in film, you go into the fundraising process. And I started to talk to people about the stories we wanted to tell because our goal is to make a a series that rivals Game uh, Game of Thrones in its intensity and storytelling and creativity, but it doesn't have the crap in there. So it's none of our stuff is to make Christian men stumble. It is to invite a man into masculinity and, and understand how complex it really is. And so there is going to be, <laughs> there's going to be scenes that we push the line. We're not going to cross them, but we're, we, we want to let loose, like Spurgeon said, let loose the word of God in a God honoring sense. So we would start to talk to people about that people with tons of money and they would love it, but they would just think cheesy. And, and what's been done before, uh, I, I apologize if anybody listening to this was, was uh, on the Samson movie, but from a guy that was uh, any military guy or police officer watches the movie Samson and you watch one guy stand in one location and kill a thousand men and you didn't move outside of a five foot diameter diameter. That's the worst action ever. (laughs) They had, they had archers. They had guys that could sling stones. The Bible says and hit a, a hair on a tree with their left and right hand. You've got to be kidding me. I mean, some dude might be strong, but you give me a sniper shot with an arrow from, uh, you know, a hundred yards away at him and I'm that good, or I can sling a stone. I'm going to knock him out or I'm going to kill him from that point. So it was just a tactically terrible movie. And what happened was the, uh, the, the whole industry started to make a mockery of, of action from the Christian realm. So we come in and say, Hey, we want to do this. And people think cheesy. So I was like, okay, well, I talked with our director and I was like, we got to make a proof of concept film. Four and a half days later, he came to me with a script. He said, Hey man, have you ever heard of Shamgar? And I was like, no, I've never, I, I should have. 
um, he's like, open, open up to Judges 3.31. And um, at this point, I'd read through the Bible 18 times. So I've missed Shamgar 18 times. <laughs> and Judges 3.31, there is two verses in, in the Bible about Samgar, Shamgar. Uh, Deborah sings a song about him in Judges chapter 4. In Judges 3.31, it says that Shamgar, son of Anath, he uh, killed 600 Philistines. Uh, it's a, after Ehud was Shamgar, son of Anath. He killed 600 Philistines with an ox goad and saved Israel. And our director handed me a screenplay for a short film. And it was titled Hold the Pass. And it was on Shamgar. And um, I read it and my, was, my mind was blown. Um, so we, we took that script and God miraculously called one guy in to fund the entire thing. And wow. we were able to film it here in Utah, and and we got some of the best talent. Um, I acted as Shamgar in that. It's a 23 minute proof of concept. I'm going to tell you for every guy out there, you can download the Gaborum app, and right in the Gaborum app, you can see where you can rent it or purchase it. Uh, it will blow your mind. You put it on surround sound. You're gonna like make sure it's surround sound or AirPods or really great headphones because it's built in surround sound Dolby audio. Uh, you're going to hear next crack on surround sound that you wouldn't hear if it was just coming from your phone. Um, but we, we, we did it and we, we got um, the guy that played Deadpool and Deadpool one inside of the suit. Um, he was uh, the stunt double for captain America and civil war. And he has done some of the best stunt choreography in Canada and United States. Um, he did all of our stunt choreography. He was our second unit director. And I ended up fighting him in the final fight scene and snapping his neck in a river and killing him. And I actually thought I killed him, by the way. I thought I drowned him in the river. It was 15 degrees outside and the river. It was a practical stunt. Uh, but we did it. And this, this, uh, this farming tool, we showed what it was like to tactically kill about 20 guys and how God's power can show up and change any situation. So in that film is temptation of evil priestesses offering a threesome to Shamgar and Shamgar running from that temptation and um, experiencing the temptation, running from it. Um, it we also highlight what it is for Shamgar to be a family man and have sex with his wife. We don't show that that scene is very PG. Um, and, and then we show him his, his brokenness and how God shows up and completely wins the whole day um, it's, it's, uh, it's really cool. So that proved our concept to everybody that watches it. It'll feel kind of like a, um, incredible action movie meets remnant, um, which is a great action movie, but you feel like you're watching Rambo a little bit and you want more. And that's the goal is we, 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 we wet your appetite. And, and now Mark, we're in the process to, um, I think March, April, we're going to film, start filming on the Gaborum series where then I act as the younger version of Caleb as the lead actor in that. And it is uh, per episode per budget. We're actually going to give game of Thrones competition. And I think long-term we're going to beat them. That is awesome, man. So where will people, people be able to find that? I would imagine in the app, but anywhere else. Yeah, that, so that one's our, our mass market play. So first one, proof of concept play. This one will be mass market to where we want to land it on a main, major streaming platform. We want to go where the, the, the darkness is. Right so that, our, our goal will be um, the, the person that wants it the most. Uh, we want probably Netflix would be on our target there. Um, 
because it's it's going to i've had these meetings i've i've um i've been on phone calls with the guy that was in the room when um, game of thrones was pitched to hbo he watched hold the pass he's an agnostic and he said you guys very practically he's like i don't like the bible but practically you guys are bigger than game of thrones your audience is bigger your storytelling is more captivating uh, from where they started. And, you know, w- we look at this to say, sweet, let's tell these stories in a way we, we have that God-given confidence in us. Um, but the world needs to see, the world needs to see that God's word is the most captivating storytelling on the planet, that he is not embarrassed with our mistakes and our temptations. He's not embarrassed by our mistakes. And guys need to hear that, like your darkest sin and your darkest failure. He's not embarrassed by that. He's longing to embrace you and teach you how to walk out of that into righteousness. And there's no better place to be. And he will give you the strength to do that. So that's, that's what our play is. That's what our goal is. And, and hopefully, you know, that my next character being younger, younger Caleb, which the Bible doesn't show a lot about. You don't know where really Caleb came from other news of Kenizzite. So it's going to be, we have, we have creative freedom, but also there's going to parallel with the older version of myself, Caleb, in that uh, telling the story as he's on his journey to Hebron to conquer the most famous giant when he's 85 and take his uh, retirement property. <laughs> so it's going to be a blast. <laughs> it sounds epic. Uh, any idea on a potential launch date for that so we can kind of keep our radar peeled? No, not, not. I really, really hope it depends on speed of post-production timing of when principal photography starts. I would love by Christmas, 2022, that thing releases. Um, that's, that's, uh, it's probably moving pretty fast. It depends. COVID can cause a lot of delays. We did yeah. post-production on our last film during COVID. We finished filming, hold the pass. And seven days later, COVID shut the world down. So thank God we finished it in time. He protected that time. And yeah, um, but COVID definitely slowed the production down, the sure. post-production down. Sure. No, that's understandable. Well, man, with everything happening in the world right now and, and the way our culture is going, what you're doing with Gaborum and Solcon is, is so critically important. We need to capture men's hearts now more than ever. So this, this is exciting stuff. Um, man, we're creeping up on an hour. I want to be respectful of your time as we kind of wind this thing down for guys listening who are kind of maybe not familiar with this notion of biblical masculinity, but are intrigued and they want to dive deeper, like any parting words of wisdom or practical advice that you would have for those guys? Yeah, just, uh, man, encounter it with excitement. Uh, if, if your mindset with anything that God has with discipline is, um, drudgery and you, you, you're like, Oh, it's Monday morning. I have to diet. That's not the perspective of following God. That's not the correct perspective. It, Man, like eating healthy is to empower your body to function at a cellular level to dominate in this life. And, and that's a different mentality. And when you, when you look at masculinity with excitement and understanding you're following a loving, incredible God that also will judge you for every action that you do. So um, it's a really big weight of decision there. You follow him. There's excitement. If you don't follow him and you go in the path of fake masculinity and you try to do that and make yourself happy, it's a dog returning to its vomit and it will never satiate your soul and it will never please God. So not only I'm going to grab you by your face mask, we're on the same team. I'm going to grab you by your face mask and say, lean into it, learn the complexity with excitement. Don't spend another day chasing the vomit that you once knew. That's good stuff, man. 
Cody, I know you're a busy dude, so I really appreciate your time today. This has been outstanding. Thank you. Mark, honored to be on. Grateful for the work that you're doing and how you're speaking to men. Thank you for having me on your podcast, bro. Guys, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's conversation, share it with a friend and subscribe to the show so you don't miss future episodes like the one you heard today. And be sure to check today's show notes for all the ways you can stay plugged into the Inspired Legacy, including my free download called Nine Ways to Be a Better Dad. You can sign up for my free weekly devotional called Inspired Inbox. And you can join the private Facebook group, a community of other like-minded men looking to become the best husbands and fathers they can be. So get plugged in, like, subscribe, leave a review, and help more guys find the show because we need more men battling together for the sake of the next generation. Until next time, live inspired.